Hey, y'all. How are you, Clay? So we're here um, in this space in between uh, Christmas Day and the first gathering of 2023. These, these two weeks that I think can get real lost in our lives. But as a church, we want to be like super intentional with these two weeks. And so uh, maybe I might be the first one to say this, but Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year. Thank you. So uh, something that we believe really strongly at Port City is that um, finished things are usable things. Um, Mike, you wrote a book about this to be concluded, right? We believe that um, to experience like fresh starts in our life, we need to learn how to create finish lines in our life, to finish things well and to learn from them, right? To be able to look back and to see what God has done so that we're prepared for what God might do in the future, right? And so we're here in this conversation today because as we you know, end one year and step into a new, we want to just create space to, to reflect um, and to celebrate like, what God has done um, in us, both I think individually and corporately. So the personal retreat that we get to do um, really helps us do that individually, right? But hopefully like the conversation we get to have today can help um, us as a church do that collectively, to kind of look and say, God, what did you do um, in our church? What did you do in our time? And so uh, I'm just going to kind of lead us through primarily to reflect back, to review and look back at the year. Um, and then we'll take a few minutes at the end of our time to begin to look ahead, because that's important to this fresh start we get in 2023. And so um, today I'm joined in this conversation by our senior pastor, Mike Ashcraft. Thanks for being here. That's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Perry Green, our director of care. And yeah, man, glad to have you. And my friend, Larlin Shaw, our director of community. That's right. Yeah. And so um, I think a great place for us to start is, um, is kind of with the, the end in mind, right? Uh, a wise person once said that the end of a thing is better than the beginning, right? And not because it's over, uh, but because it matters. Yeah. You know, what we experience matters. So I think maybe a place for us to start is on that kind of that personal level um, of what we personally got to see in this year. And the personal retreat leads us to um, answer this kind of big question. So I'm gonna pose it for us today. And it's a fill in the blank. It's that 2022 was blank. So I'd love to hear how we got to fill in the blank. So Perry, how about you go first? 2022 was blank. Uh, 2022 was a rebirthing year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that we're going to come back to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Laura Lynn. We're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're all curious. Thank you for sharing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, pardon me. Um, 2022, I was trying to think of a more profound word, but 2022 was full. And therefore, I am, I just feel saturated. That's the word I keep thinking, but I couldn't make that fit grammatically with 2022 is saturated. So 2022 is full. full. And I feel leaving you, leaving me saturated. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Mike? Uh, I was in the same boat. I had all these words um, trying to, you know, when you you have to force it into a blank, it's like 2022 was, there were so many things. um, Looking back, you know, we look at our photos and we look at our, uh, I go back through our, our church Instagram feed, my personal, you know, kind of social feeds and just looking at all the posts and all the different things. Um, and the word that I, you know, after a lot of iterations, probably, I don't know, 10 or so words on the list 
was cherished. You know, 2022 was just cherished. Um, it's the best I can. I mean, it's really accurate to describe how, how it has been for me. Um, I just said, you know, this kind of puts us back to you, Perry, because I want to hear a little bit more. But for me, I was thinking that 2022 uh, was new. It was one of those years where the whole year felt new to me. New job. New job. New baby. Um, all, all the new things. So, so, Perry, you said a new birth. Yeah. Why, why, how, why did you describe it that way? Well, for, for me at this, this stage in life at 60-something, uh, <laughs> uh, it has been incredible because I've learned so much over the course of the last six months just being here. Uh, being around fresh minds, fresh ideas, new perspectives. And so for me, it's it's been good because I feel alive. And, you know, at this stage, sometimes you feel like you're at the end, but I feel like I'm at the beginning. And so it's it's been a rebirthing for me, and I feel good about it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I just love how the personal retreat really does set us up to process these things, right, to, to dig in, to consider to be able to like name things that we wouldn't otherwise name, to have to fill in the blank. It's not, not something we'd probably do otherwise. And so I think it really leads us um, to it well. So I think for, for those watching that haven't done the personal tree, I mean, I think we could all just say, man, it's so helpful for us to carve out that time and that space to individually look back. Um, but again, this is a time that we want to kind of look corporately, collectively as a church. Um, what did God do in us? And Mike, I just love to like turn it to you to begin to kind of articulate um, what you saw as you look back on the year. How did 2022 shape us as a church? You know, I was, I was thinking about this a lot and, and some, of, some of the reason I picked the word, you know, cherish to describe it was the way I feel sort of watching our church. Um, you know, you mentioned you're new in your new job, being the campus pastor, uh, at the Wilmington campus. And I mean, I've shared this with you before publicly in front of our staff, but how much, uh, it means obviously taking a lot of pressure off of me. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. I think the chemistry has been, has been really um, surprising that it was so fast. I mean, I've known you for a long time, but, but it's, not, it's not just that things came off of me, it's now I'm watching things differently. So we were at our staff Christmas party and you see all these families who are all there gathered and our staff members and we're laughing together and you see, um, and I had some places where I was in with families um, going through really hard times and just to be there and the privilege of feeling that. But, but more than that, seeing so many people in our church take responsibility and ownership for who we're becoming. And that's been something you've know, dreaming about for a long time, trying to articulate or understand what it means to live life with God together for the world. And I think in a lot of ways, we've been really good at life with God. And we've had some really good systems over the years of helping people walk with God and get you know really good at their personal relationship. We've had really good programs, allow people to invest um, in our community. But it's always been that together piece that just was always, it always felt like, oh, get in a small group or do this. And it always felt programmatic. So over the last, it's been about a four or five year journey, but trying to understand how you get a church, any church, but particularly our church with the complexities of its size and multiple campuses to get it to be personal. And that is what I think began to happen this year. You know, I, I've shared this before, but listening to the way people talk about our church, not talking about the numbers or the programs, it's usually a name and a story that you're hearing about someone 
who did something for someone or how people did something together and it had this kind of impact. So it's this movement of our church outward that doesn't feel like it's a result of some kind of strategic program or a strategic plan, but rather it's actually an expression of who we are, who we are becoming. So that, that movement and mobilization feels, you know, more, more natural. And so I think maybe the best way to sum it up is yesterday, you know, I was watching one of the baptisms uh, at one of the services at the end of it. And I, I knew all of them, um, you know, well, just from, from a distance, but more from my, 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 my place. And at the end, they all went up and just hugged each other. And, um, person baptizing them was very intimate in their their circle of friends and been really instrumental in leading them uh, in their relationship. And I just thought, what what is happening in our church means so much to so many people. And it was just like, I just feel like to cherish, you know, that, what that means to people. And, and it's not, again, it's just because people are taking it personally and then using that uh, or leveraging that in ways that I think really honor um, Christ and allow his his image to be seen in really profound ways. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, we've, we talk a lot, especially in our group leader training, but we've talked even about how our, our approach with discipleship and things like that is less of a strategy and it's more of cultivating a culture. Um, a culture of, of discipleship that leads to formation. Yeah. And so all of those pieces that you're saying, that's a culture, you know, you get you get caught up in that culture um, in the best of ways, you know? Yeah. Well, and we can be so focused on like, like you said, putting on the programs well, but to step back and to see like the impact of, of the church we get to be a part of on someone and how, what's so cool is you cherished the year, but you cherished it by seeing how other people have yeah, cherished yeah, yeah. Yeah. and love and appreciate what they've been a part of, what we get to be part of as a church. Yeah, there are more people making more decisions on behalf of our church than probably at any point in the history. I mean, which is, which is so, it, you know, it's, it's scary because all the control, like you don't have any control, but, but you realize that you don't need it. Like you, it's, we, we, it's, it's always been a result of what the Lord has been doing. I really believe that. Um, but to see it actually happen, I think, you know, Laurelyn, what you were saying is probably the most profound thing that it's not, it's just happening. Like all these things are just happening because of who we are, you know, actually becoming. I wrote down a bunch of notes, you know, a couple of things were on here. Um, you know, the idea of togetherness was just the biggest thing, like to, the fact that it's actually happening. And one of the radical um, ideas we kind of stumbled on, we were, we've all talked about this in, you know, months ago, but the idea that you, you belong first and then out of that belonging you become, which is the reverse of how most of us try to approach it. We want to figure out how we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to look like or how we're supposed to think. And when we do that, then we'll get to belong. And what has actually happened, and I think, it's, I think what we're seeing is fruit of that, that people have actually stepped in, connected in meaningful ways, and then out of those deeper connections, we're becoming this kind of church that, um, you know, I've always kind of dreamed about, but like to see it is just really, um, it, you know, it's that cherished part. It just really feels, you know, really powerful. And to see it while you're in it. Yeah. I always think that's such a yeah. gift is when, when God gives you the eyes to see yeah. what, what he's doing as he's doing it. So a lot of times it's reflection. 
Um, and maybe sometimes we have a vision of what's to come. Yeah. But to see it while you're in it feels like just such a privilege. And Clay mentioned something um, in one of our meetings uh, before the services. We were all gathered, and he talked about the idea of congregation. You probably remember this. And we were all sitting there, and you know, Clay was leading this meeting, and he said, you know, we, we, we don't just serve our congregation. We're part of our congregation. And the phrase, the actual words, the, the sentence you said was, we need what our church has to offer. Like, like, it's just as much for us as it is for us serving other people. And so that's what the posture a lot of this year is that I've just, I've been able to be a part of this, yes, from a particular role, but man, I've just felt so much like a part of what's happening. And I think that's made it more, yeah. more beautiful as well. Yeah, I was trying to think of your, your quote, when we experience things in real time, it's, it's bigger. I can't remember the quote that you used, but it's, it's bigger in real time yeah. than it actually seems like it is. Yeah. And, and it, it's amazing on just a, a weekly basis to experience what's going on here and how big it is. Yeah. And you look at it from a distance and it doesn't seem like it's that big, but in real time right. when you're in it, it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty exciting yeah. to see. Yeah, and so we can see God kind of moving, shaping, forming these things in us, making this kind of church. Um, but I wonder, as we kind of zoom in, I think that we can see those ways that God's shaping us in specific moments. So, Laurel and Perry, I'd love to hear from you guys first. Like, what are some of those moments this year, specific moments that stood out to you, moments where, like, man, God, God was doing something in us, and we begin to see that forming and shaping and getting expressed um, in us as, as a church. Laurel, you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, man, the first thing I think of is um, maybe it was February of last year, but uh, we did, you were doing the social series, yep. talking about the vision for the church and for yep. community and that together right. piece. And so we just decided to disrupt everyone <laughs> on Sunday mornings. And so as they walked in, you know, um, we had in the auditorium, we had different sections based on sort of, we'd split up the city of Wilmington and the surrounding areas. Yep. And so we asked you to go and sit in your section based on where you live, yep. which We'll be honest, was a little choppy, but it was the best we could do, right? Right. And uh, so you walk up and you get a name tag and there was someone there to greet you and host the section. <clears throat> and then the vision was really, you know, that they would, um, you would interact with people that were in your section. Mm -hmm. And not only did we do it one week, but we did it for like three or four yeah, weeks. definitely. And so, um, you know, I think in full transparency, even I myself was very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> Right. Because it's nice to just come in and find my seat and sit and then engage with what's happening maybe on the stage yeah. or with in my own heart with the Lord. Yeah. But that's not the, that's not church, right? That's not the vision. That's not the model. That's not together. And so um, to be disrupted in that way and to then interact and then to come back the next week and start to see some of the same people. And then we moved it out to the patio. It's just funny to me. That was a simple thing that different people had different reactions to at the time. Right. Um, and it is the one, not the one thing, but it is one thing that consistently comes up in conversation months later. <laughs> it's like, oh, how did you two meet? Well, when we did those social sections, yeah. you know, we, we right. sat by each other every week. Or yeah. um, how did this start, you know, back in the social section? Or are we going to do that again? I love when we did that. It just continues to come up to even to our own surprise. Wow. Yeah. And I think um, what I love about that, kind of to your point of like this year, our church we feel like there was a, I don't know if it's like a resurgence or an awakening or whatever of people owning the church more. Yeah. 
And I, to me, I, I align some of that with mm. the social sections yeah. because I think, I think what it awakens in, in us is like, oh yeah, I'm made for this. Um, I, I, I want to interact with people. It's awkward, but I can do it right. and I need it and I like yeah. it and I want it. And so I think that then trickles down into about five or six other things that have happened throughout the year, I think, where people have really stepped out of their comfort zone to connect. Yeah. Um, and from that connection, that spawns off into other things. And I think that's where the church is owning the church. You know, it's owning who we are and who we're becoming. Um, and one of those ways that that was sort of tripped was, I think, with social sections. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Wow. So it's okay to be uncomfortable. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I'll admit, yeah. I was uncomfortable with it too. And God bless Dudley for like pushing us through it. You know, he's yeah. so good that's at true. that. Yeah. And we need him for that. Um, but it's like we, it worked it, and we got there, yeah. you know? It's good. So it's good. Yeah. Perry, how about you? What stood out to you from this year? Yeah. Um, Clay, I, I want to say it was back in March, you did a sermon on We the Church. Mm -hmm which I, I think I told you, I called it for so, uh, for the sake of others. And you talked about leaning, listening, uh, lighten the load and loving. Uh, four That's impressive. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you remember any of my messages like that? <laughs> Thousand little pieces. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in, in, that, in that message, you talked about turning outward and turning outward and making connections. And, and when I look at local partnerships, one of the things that happened was Vigilant Hope coming inside of our building, the four walls, even as we sit here in this area, in this space, coming here and uh, bringing that local partnership here. And what it has allowed is for us to have a space where we can lean and listen and love other people in this space. And some of the stories that are coming out of um, just our ability to connect with people and be we the church in this space has been incredible. Wow. And, uh, you know, for me personally, um, I'm probably in here buying more coffee than <laughs> anyone else. Um, even though yeah. Vigilant Hope says it's not about the coffee, but That's for right. me it is about the coffee. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm just truly amazed at the connections that I get to make with the interns and uh, UNC Wilmington students who yeah. share uh, the wealth of knowledge and perspectives that uh, on life, which has challenged me. And I see that happening here. People telling their names, telling their stories and how lives are changed because we went to the outside, turned outward and brought a partner in whose heartbeat was the same as ours and gave us an ability to reach people and help them walk with God here in this space. So that's, that's it for me. I think too, you know, one of the things too, you mentioned that, but just from last, last week or two weeks ago, whenever, wherever it was, um, that having people in our building or in this building, ours is relative, having people in this space that we share, yeah. um, does something other than like, let's just come and have a service. And you mentioned that it's not about people coming in and watching something that's happening on the stage, but when you're here, you're participating and uh, we did the, um, the Breakfast for the Mental Health That's Professionals, right. which was, you know, a lot of your department, Kate, uh, Katie and um, uh, Carson, you know, put this together. And, and just, again, you're sitting there watching this. You know, I got to be a part, but I'm sitting there mostly observing and participating and the value that, that we received from, from the work that so many of them do and the service they provide to our community. But also what you, what you sort of walk away with in this, in this sort of flip is how they feel valued yeah. simply by, by being a partner, by being... Uh, by us doing things together 
I think that's like with Vigilant Hope and a lot of the partners, it just feels like there's a lot more participation uh, and uh, integration rather than, you know, we're doing this and they're doing that. It's some kind of system. It really feels more relational in, in most of the ways we're starting to operate as a church. Yeah, I think it goes back to something you said earlier, that's culture, that's you know, and, and the culture that, that and I don't, I don't see it as a culture being built. I see it as organic. And I see it's it's what's inside the heart of the people, and it just naturally occurs uh, from the from the care and the concern. And and look, uh, Mike, it, it comes from you. It has to come from the leadership. You know, it has to come from the framework of what you're you're teaching and speaking to and imparting in us. And then we in turn turn out and take that same teaching and those learnings and yeah. and, and put them Look in out. you know put them out. So That's thank you, Clay. Yeah. I'll receive that, <laughs> but I, I will tell you, I, I did get one of one of the emails that I received that really spoke to this. So exactly what you're saying, a longtime volunteer um, who's been very faithful, very encouraging. Um, but they wrote me this email, and so they've been a part. Always felt um, cared for and valued, and all that. But said something felt different, and the way this person described it was, it isn't different because someone made a decision for something to be different. It feels different because we have become yeah. something different than we were, mm. and I just I was like I, when I, I fought, found her after a service, I was like, oh, let me tell you how encouraging that was to me because like for you to say that, yeah. you know, it's just people feeling and sensing this yeah. without you know without some kind of hey let's tell you what we're doing. It's like no, it's just happening. That's good. Which I think is a testament to one is that's when you know it's usually it's what the Lord is doing, yeah, that's uh, and it's not oh we pulled this off, you know. And it's helpful when we're hearing it, because it's one thing for us as staff to see it and say that and recognize that, you know, because we're kind of geared toward looking for it. But for the church to also offer that and say, here's what I see and feel and know and what God's doing, it's like. But, you know, and it, but it's rippled. Like the thing that's really interesting to me is this is rippled outward. Um, I mean, yeah, I remember, and this may be too inside, but when we first started talking about some of this, we talked about this idea of the smallest Bible audience. Like, what's the smallest group of people? And we just all kind of looked at ourselves and said, we got to get this first. And then we just kind of went out, and then you begin to see your staff and then your core volunteers, and now it's just sort of bleeding out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it really is the metaphor, right, of like yeast in the lump yeah. of dough. Yeah, right. And when yeah. it kind of pervades the church, eventually the church begins to pervade yeah. the culture. Yeah, so, that's good. At large, you know. Yeah, as I look back at the year, I mean, so many things, like so many highlights um, are like sharing our one words at the beginning of 2022, um, care kits for Ukraine, the way our church just kind of rallied around what's happening in Ukraine, to serve, to love, to pray, to support, to, to send tangible support, um, the summer Sabbath. Um, that was one of my, my yeah, list. Yeah, change for change, uh, pack the pantry, and so I'm not gonna pick one, but as I looked at all of those, I think one of the things I saw is like, those were the moments for me where I got to look and go, this is the church. Um, I think those moments and probably several others that I missed, a night of worship that we did with all campuses were moments where like, this, this is it. I can't exactly put my, my hand on what it is, but this is it. And as I, I reflected on it, I think it was this idea of us as a church moving from being about a attendance um, to participating. That I think we were seeing our church participate in packing the care kits and not just us, but like inviting our neighbors in, 
um, summer Sabbath where we participated in what we were learning together in some like really cool ways of the podcast that we did. And like so many people were listening to the podcast. And then we were all talking about the podcast and we were learning to slow down. We were learning to be, we were learning to rest and to trust God's provision. Um, and then things like Change for Change and, and um, Pack the Pantry, where it was just our church showing up and participating together. And I think it's important because um, participation is where formation is found, right? We're not, we're not formed on the outside looking in. We're formed as we get in and we participate and we do things together. And man, I, I got to see it. Like, this is the church. And I'm excited to see us continue to learn how to participate together. And as we participate together, we, we shape each other. We encourage each other. We challenge each other. And, and we do become the church that God has called us uh, to become. So, man, there's so many amazing things happening throughout our church. And then specifically at our campuses here in Wilmington, uh, across the bridge in Leland, up in New Bern. And before this conversation, I actually got a chance to sit down with our campus pastors from Newburn and Leland. So I'd love for us to hear those conversations right now. So I'm sitting here with Danny Rogers, the campus pastor at our Newburn campus. Hey, Danny. Hey, Clay. Hey, as you look back on 2022, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what are some of the highlights, the ways that you saw God working uh, at the campus and really in our church? Man, um, as I look back on 2022, like, it just blows me away because we really did see God move a lot in, in the hearts of our people. I think one of the things that stands out for me the most is um, the summer Sabbath. Yep. You know, um, heading into the summer, um, we have this idea just like our staff, like, okay, we, we need to do some things mm-hmm. this summer. Yep. And, yep. and this is a great opportunity to get some work done, you know, help kind of create some momentum and, and so we had this list of things that we were going to do. Yeah. And then when I heard that we were going to do summer Sabbath, it seemed so like counterintuitive, like we're going to do what? Right. <laughs> um, but the more we got into it, uh, the more we started to, to see like that tension of just kind of pausing and letting God kind of step in yeah. and trusting and resting, just how important and significant that was. Mm-hmm. And and it was neat because over the summer, we took that opportunity to, to also kind of in turn pour into our volunteers. Yep. So we spent some time doing that, which was real meaningful. And, and we did do some things. We just had some events for people to just come and hang out. Yeah. And um, we were blown away by the people that just wanted to be together. Um, so it was super organic. Mm-hmm. And what we started to see like over the course of the summer is that people wanted to be together. Mm-hmm. We saw that connectedness thing form. And then by the time we got to the fall, it just naturally uh, started reaching out. Like people naturally um, wanted to invite other people into it. So we started seeing like growth as a campus because people were inviting other people. Hey, come be a part of this thing. It it feels good. It feels like a family. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's pretty cool. And what we saw from that too is that it just really played into, I think the Lord expanded our reach as a campus. We talk about um, city, region, and world. And just thinking about the world, this was the first time that we, as a campus, did an encounter trip, like, internationally. Uh, We uh, developed a partnership with World Orphans, and so we partnered with a church in Guatemala City. Mm -hmm. We took a team over there, and it was beautiful to just learn and discover, like, what God was doing there in the city, 
but we learned a lot even yeah. about ministering to our own community totally. like here. Right. So that was pretty powerful. Um, another kind of global thing that we did is we, we partnered with Operation Christmas Child and we packed almost 400 shoeboxes, which wow. was crazy. Yeah. Um, but then as I think about regionally, we had a team that went down to Fort Myers, Florida mm-hmm. um, to help kind of with yeah. the aftermath of Hurricane yeah. Ian. And a team of about 11 folks yeah. went down and, um, man, just they, they saw God move in some powerful ways. And they got to interact with homeowners and hear their stories and help serve them and yeah. and just kind of lit a fire like with them, like for our own community when they came right. back. And um, then thinking about our own city, we developed a partnership with a ministry called Fostering Grace, yeah. which is a ministry that was kind of birthed from a family within our campus mm-hmm. um, that has a real passion for helping families who receive kids into foster care. Uh, Another ministry that we partnered with called Laundry Love, which is really like our students really latched onto this. They they actually go into the laundromats and and just like minister to people and love on people and pray with people who are doing their laundry and and kind of engage with their kids. And so it's, it's, it's pretty awesome just to see like how God really did that. And it was organic and it really was more about us being yeah. rather than doing. And then God like did a lot from us just being yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. The doing came from the being like yep. you had that season of being of resting of trusting yeah. and then doing flowed out of that, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah. Love that. Thank you, Danny, so much for sharing that with us. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks. Really yeah. appreciate it. Hey, Don Brown. Thanks for taking some time to chat with us today. So you're the campus pastor of the Leland campus. So as you look back on 2022, I'd love to hear what are some of the highlights and ways that you saw God working and moving in and through your campus? Yeah, thanks, Clay. I mean, I'd be glad to share some highlights. There's so many. Um, But as I really think of goodness Mm -hmm. at our campus this last year, I cannot help but think of the re-engagement opportunity we've had to jump back into serving our local schools. We've got six local schools in Leland, and we've had an opportunity to jump in. And when I mean jump in, we've had a chance to do um, uh, teacher appreciation events. We've had a chance to do a uh, remodel for a teacher lounge there at the school. That's great. Um, We even talked about the school so much that we had a teacher in another county who decided that she wanted to actually apply for a school in Leland and change her job placement entirely, just so she could represent Christ, represent the campus and our presence there in that school. Um, When I think of care, and I think of a care highlight, um, I think of how we had a support group form that I would have never put together in our church. We had a group of uh, men and women Mm -hmm. uh, who are hurting and hoping together um, in a very unique way. They all each individually suffered um, suffered with a terminal illness. Wow. Yeah. And they, they came together and they included me. So it was so encouraging to watch their, their devotions they shared yeah. each day, um, their acts of service to one another, their encouragement. Mm-hmm. And um, just to see that was such an encouragement, such a surprise, and such a blessing and intensification of care at our campus. Yeah, caring for each other. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, then I think a connection. And I cannot help but think of how our Leland student ministry, especially our high school student ministry, um, they grew so much this past year Mm -hmm. when it came to fellowship, um, when it came to just um, coming together and encouraging one another in their walks in faith, um, taking steps toward baptism. We had more uh, high school student baptisms than we had ever in the past. Um, Just seeing them uh, do things outside of church planned events, seeing them serve inside the church. I mean, the the, the future is bright 
for the Leland Student Ministry, and we're super excited. Now, of course, undeniably, undeniably, at the top of the list is the formation and growth and really the acceptance of the entire campus. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, uh, our campus, Leland, kind of unique. We were homeless for 79 weeks during the yeah. pandemic, wondering where are we going to be, how are we going to meet. And miraculously, God gave us a small building mm-hmm. on the land that we were hoping to build on. Mm-hmm. And in that building, once we moved into it, it would have been very, very easy for us to take what God gave us and say, thank you, this is it, yeah. and just stay there. Right. But instead, we knew that in obedience and in faith, we had to step out and give that building back to Him. And we needed to take that building and use it as a time to re-energize, um, a time to regather a time to get ready for the last season mobile for us. Because when that building came down in December, we began to build our future ministry headquarters there in Leland. And we're super excited about that. I've never been so excited. I've never uh, seen so much anticipation I've seen at a Leland campus. That's awesome, Don. Thanks so much for sharing all that today. So as we begin to wrap this conversation, Mike, I'd love to turn it back to you. And just kind of ask you as we step in this new year and we get to experience kind of a fresh start, um, how do we as a church prepare for what God might have in front of us for 2023? And how do we participate in that? Um, you know, one thing as, as I prepare to answer that question, I want to just you know stop and really say thank you to each of you guys, um, because part of the way, you know, part of the design of finished things become usable things is to create a, to draw a line. And it doesn't mean that something is completely behind you or done. It just means that now you have some perspective on it. And the best way to do this is to listen, like to ask people around you, what, what has happened in your life? What have you seen in my life? And we've all done that together. And that's the, the beautiful thing about the personal retreat. Um, and as we kind of bring this to a close, you know, we, we've seen a lot uh, or heard a lot about culture and who we've become. And you know, the thing to me, and I was, I was writing on this, trying to get my thoughts concisely, but usually, um, you know, the future excites me for a lot of reasons, because of its potential or because of, you know, sometimes it's just the newness of it. I like change. I'm not really afraid of change that much. Um, but, but this year or this season feels different because what excites me is the challenge. Like we move into this recognizing that it's going to be, um, it's going to require something from, from all of us. Yeah. And um, which means, because it requires something from all of us, it means we have to trust each other at greater cliffs. It doesn't just require something from me. It doesn't just require, it requires something from us. And at this point in my journey, this is sort of speaking personally, I don't feel any pressure to keep things going the way they've always been. So with that has been, and I think this is what's required from our church. This is what I think is going to take for us to move forward is we have to have, we have to continue what has already been this, this building of culture and allowing who we are to come out, to be what the world experiences of us, which also means that the way that happens is by people belonging, entering in and being a part of this. And what this requires, whenever you have new people moving in, you just have to be committed. You just have to commit yourself. You know, we, we talked this kind of in the close this year that what God's people need is patient endurance, faithfulness, and wisdom. And so we, you know, I'm just trying to re-up my own sense of commitment to say, I'm, I'm going to stay in this uh, and stay in this with, with my full heart and asking God to continue to use me but also to continue to trust the people around me 
and to entrust uh, and to be a part of that as God continues to kind of build this new um, work that he has begun in our church. And so I guess to sum it up, it's really, we just, we have to be committed um, to remain, you know, to abide in Christ, but also to be committed to his body and to the community that he's building um, in the church that we get to be a part of. Yeah, wow, that is good. That is challenging, especially in a culture that doesn't value commitment, uh, that maybe values being non-committal. Um, God's calling us to commit to something in order to participate so that we continue to become. I think with that, I mean, we, we, we desperately need God's help, right? To even, even to be able to commit. So as we wrap this time, would you pray for us, Mike? And just kind of pray over our church that we would, we would be able to commit and see God do what he wants to do in and through us. I'd be glad to. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Father, what a, what a honor to be gathered here um, with Perry and Laura Lynn and Clay, but also, you know, thousands probably of people who uh, are a part of your work in this world, who've all offered and given of themselves um, in so many ways that have had profound impact on who we've become. And, um, you know, Father, we want to stop and pause and say thank you. We are so privileged and honored um, to have been a part of what you have done in 2022. Um, and with that, we, you know, we give you glory and we say thank you. We, we bring that season to a close and sort of consecrate that, but also recognize um, that you have work, that you have asked us to continue to do, to be a part of, uh, to bring your image um, to bear on the world, to bring um, the reality of your kingdom, the possibility, the hope of your kingdom in all the places that we are. And Father, and that happens as we learn to live um, with one another and to love one another, um, which requires us just to be um, for each other, to be committed. So I ask you to just, just help us all to, um, to consecrate ourselves, to avail ourselves and resolve that we're gonna enter in, we're gonna participate, we're gonna be willing um, to offer what is required of us um, for your sake and for the sake of what you want to do in each of us as individuals, but even more so what you long to do um, in us as a body, as your body, for um, the sake of what you want to do in the world. So I thank you for that. Um, we need your strength and we need your power and we need your grace, um, which we trust as sufficient. We lift all these things to you, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, who is our King. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Laura Lynn. Really enjoy this Thank conversation. You. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. Thank you.